Welcome to Overboost 58. Overboost is a podcast interview series featuring discussions with speedrunners about their history in speedrunning and gaming and the runs they're passionate about. I am your host, PMC Trilogy, and with me today is Ninten. Ninten, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Now, uh, the the I think the reason, the the thing that caused me to reach out to you is that I was doing my my thing of trawling through uh, Games Done Quick submissions and uh, and the schedule and everything, and I noticed mm-hmm. that, uh, I, I forget if I noticed maybe, I probably noticed when I went through the submissions list, but uh, certainly uh, now that we're closer to the event, uh, you submitted, um, uh, I forget, did you have other submissions or was it was it mostly Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix? It was KHU. I did submit um, Kingdom Hearts 1 because okay. I was running that for a little bit before, but um, I didn't expect that one to get in. I, would, mm-hmm. um, I didn't expect KHU to get in either, actually. But mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, of course, even better, not only did KH2 get in, but it is the uh, finale for the event, which I believe <laughs> is a... Yeah is a redux right because i think one of the vods that you sent me when i was doing my preparation was uh, the mm-hmm. corona relief done quick finale is that right yeah yeah it was um the thing for that was i did critical mode 90 percent for the crdq mm-hmm. but uh this run for gdq is going to have an incentive for me to do level one 90 percent oh okay and, yeah so and level one hasn't been shown in a gdq event before really so that should be the first time yeah interesting has have now is that is that type of category the the level one critical mode is that something Mm -hmm. that's like universal to kingdom hearts games so has it been done for another game at a a gdq event do you know yeah level one um yeah level one proud was done for kh1 um i don't remember the year i think it was sgdq 2019 by mismaster um and then, but level one hasn't been shown for Kate Shoot, which is surprising because um, it's such a big category and it's such a cool run to show off. So I'm really glad that they um, are allowing us the opportunity to show it now. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, you know, I, I, it's very, very exciting. I didn't realize, obviously, it's hard to tell from the schedule. The incentives aren't available on the schedule on the, on the website oh, as of right, right now. Yeah. So, because I, mm-hmm. I was looking at it, because I, I wanted to make sure, right? Because I, I you know, again, I mentioned uh, before we started, there are so many Kingdom Hearts categories and especially being. <laughs> uh, it, the outsider asking you questions about it i didn't want to uh, fumble the the ball there now i, I mentioned this is going to be a little bit of a redux you already talked about how there's a difference in that it's going to likely chances are chances are yeah, hopefully the incentive will be met and that'll be different uh is your team like do you you don't have to spoil this if you don't want to you're under no requirement but is the commentary going to be the same you're going to have the same duo or are you going with a different team this time i'm curious about your approach to being the finale of a mainline gdq <laughs> uh we're gonna have uh, spike and hobbs uh, mm-hmm. just like the other cage runs because uh there's they're so good at commenting uh kingdom hearts and just anything in general they're such good commentators that i think they're gonna be really awesome for that yeah you know it's uh i i Hobbs, I had uh, on the on the podcast not long after AGDQ 2021, and uh, just an absolute mm-hmm. joy to talk to. But of course, as you know, as you said, also like you know, like Spike as well, uh, incredible showman. I guess I should actually mention you. Know, we're we're on a speedrun interview podcast. I think those two are launching a new speedrunning podcast oh, like yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not not terribly related to you know our, our discussion here about your your history of speedrunning, but just kind of funny. You know, to to mention yeah. as we're as we're passing through, um, if you had to give people a, a sales pitch, now you already mentioned, I think part of the sales pitch, which is this mm-hmm. is the first time 
we're seeing critical uh, level one at uh, for KH2 at a GDQ event. Is there something else that you would add to the sales pitch for someone who's like, you know, I mean, it's already the finale. So, of course, you should always watch the GDQ finale. Would you have more to add to the, the sales pitch? Yeah, I think... Um especially the people who have played Kingdom Hearts 2 casually, because um, I know Kingdom Hearts is such a popular game. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've played it casually, but you haven't really delved into the speedrun before, I think uh, level one is a really cool run to watch because uh, just like beating level one in general is a huge accomplishment, just like casually, because it's such a difficult game. But when you watch the run, you realize how many different mechanics and uh, like how much skill goes into the strats in that category. And um, just like being able to do everything with really good execution and not dying is a huge, um, it looks really cool just watching how bosses get obliterated. Like some bosses people will spend hours on as a kid and then you just watch them die in like 20 <laughs> seconds in the run. <laughs> no, yeah, I think is, it's a really cool th- run to watch. That is always such a part of, of really, like, I think the GDQ experience, right? Is that, you know, like, oh, I know mm-hmm. that game. And then you see, you know, something happen. And certainly with Kingdom Hearts, which has uh, such a broad audience that that really does deliver i mean is there you know i think a reason it's a it's it's certainly a valid choice as a finale game you mentioned you know that there is a lot of risk uh we you know before we started we talked a little bit about marathon strats versus you know pb strats Mm -hmm. you know in for this run like how how dangerous is it? Is, are deaths costly? Is that really going to be a big risk, or is there going to be? Because it's I think it's been a while since I've played um, the Fomix. You're playing? Is, you, is this going to be the PS4 version? Yeah, PS4. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So, how, like, what what's the risk here? You know, if, if you if you take a death somewhere, do you recover from that pretty quickly, or is that like a real problem? It depends on where it is. Mm-hmm. Um. That's why the estimate is like pretty high for um my pb and everything because uh it depends on like if you there's maybe three or four spots where if i take a death there i can lose like three to four minutes in that one death um but there's only a couple of those spots like the rest i can maybe lose like a minute um but i'm going to be playing it safe like that's going to be a big thing because um like there are a lot of risky strats and um and thankfully i've like done a lot of i played the game enough that i know a lot of like backup strats and everything so if i have to like Play it safe and use like a minute or like thirty seconds somewhere to avoid like a three minute time loss, and I would definitely do that. Now I'm gonna probably ask more about uh, categories later, uh, but one thing that I, I couldn't help but notice looking through your your SRC profile is that you have done a lot of different versions, a lot of different categories of Kingdom Hearts two, mm-hmm. uh, Kingdom Hearts two Final Mix, and then also you know even you know more broadly Kingdom Hearts two. And I, I wanted to ask, when it comes to, like, learning backup strats, you know, for a marathon, is that something that, like, are you able to draw upon just your game knowledge? I mean, I think that's what, what you said. But, like, do you find yourself like, oh, I know from this category I can pull this in? Yeah, that's a big thing. Um, actually, uh, and more recently, another thing is that uh, there has been a randomizer for Kingdom Hearts 2 that oh, came out, um, like, around last year. Actually, it's about a year old now. And um, I've been playing that a lot too. And from randomizer, you actually learn a lot of backup strats and just like the way more, I learned more about how the game works. So I think I can apply some of that knowledge too, to um, like if something goes wrong in a fight, I can immediately think of the next best thing that I can do to salvage it instead of having everything go to chaos. Yeah, no, it's funny. Um, when I had Hobbs on, I, I think uh, it was probably before the, you know, the PC versions were announced, but obviously, as you mentioned, the randomizer mm-hmm. predates the the pc stuff and 
Uh, and he was talking about KHT randomizer as well, which was which was neat mm-hmm. to hear a game like Kingdom Hearts have have a randomizer like that. Certainly, I, I I love that there's randomizers for everything. Do you have you had you played any randomizers for anything before playing the Kingdom Hearts two randomizer? No, actually, I hadn't. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not even that familiar with the other randomizers because I know Cage Choose is actually pretty unique in mm-hmm. the way that um, it's structured. I know, like, um, I learned some things about, like, OOT randomizer because that's really popular. Um, but, yeah, it's much different than that. Cool. No, that's that's neat. I mean, it's I, I think that kind of stuff is, um, for especially for games that have depth, that people love playing, uh, randomizers really go so far to, to extending the life of what you can do with the game and learning about the game too. As you said, you, you learn a lot about what you can do with what tools and you, you would never be put in that situation uh, otherwise or very rarely anyway. Let's go back in time. Let's get into the history here. For you, what is your origin story with gaming? Where does uh, where does gaming enter into your life? <laughs> um. I, I don't know when, like, I've pretty much been gaming since I was, like, really young, like, since I, as far back as I can remember. Uh, my brother used to play a lot of Kingdom Hearts, actually, um, like, in 2005, 2006. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember playing the OG Cage, like, on, on PS2 a lot. Um, like, I played that game over and over again, and I really loved it. Um, and I would play a lot of other games, too. Like, I had a bunch of consoles, and I liked collecting games for a long time. Uh, before I was a speedrunner, that's what I would do a lot. Um, but I had been watching speedruns for a long time too. Um, like my first, the first run that I watched was in 2012. Um, mm. it was a Metroid Prime task. I think, oh no, not task. It was like a segmented run, um, that was uploaded from Speed Demos Archive, I think, on YouTube. And I was like, oh my God, this looks amazing. Like I was so mesmerized by the run. I mean, it is mesmerizing, <laughs> especially when, when you, you know, when you make that first encounter with it. And certainly I think, I think a lot of people, you know, have have first encountered it through, uh, you know, something like uh, you know catching either a GDQ YouTube video. But it's certainly, if you, I feel like if you encounter it without the aid of the live commentary, yeah, <laughs> it's even more mysterious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I didn't even realize it was. I didn't even know how segments had worked. I thought they did it all in like a one go too. It was just crazy. I didn't. I couldn't understand how they did everything in one go. You know, I've never actually. I've never looked up a, a thing on Task because I feel like. You know the before speedrunning, I think was prominently featured on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, one of the big video resources was uh, was SDA. Have you ever spent much time on SDA? No, actually, I, I'm not on the website itself now. Mm-hmm. But so you know, SDA they part of their mission was in a time before you had things like YouTube, you had ways to upload and mm-hmm. you know, have downloads for videos and you would just download the video file, right? Like that's just what you do. Cause you didn't have, <laughs> no one had the bandwidth for, for, you know, live streaming a video and, uh, and it would come in all these little packages at different qualities. So, you know, the download wouldn't take as long. Um, and certainly that kind of, mm-hmm. you know, I think that kind of mindset too. And it, you're like, what do you, what am I getting here? Like, what is this? I'm, I'm even, uh, pulling down, um, you know, so Kingdom Hearts is going to be a big part of this interview, and I wanted to zero in a little bit more about your uh, your early experiences with Kingdom Hearts. You mentioned that you're you're playing it at a real young age, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that how did that go? Like, were you good at Kingdom Hearts <laughs> as a kid, or was it frustrating? No, I wasn't good at it, but it wasn't frustrating either. Um, like, I've always really enjoyed challenging myself in video games. So, like, I would play on Proud. 
Mm-hmm. And um, and like I would die a lot in a lot of fights. Um, like specifically Clayton, I remember in Kingdom Hearts 1 was a huge wall for I think a lot of casual players. Um, but I wouldn't really get frustrated at it. I would just enjoy the grind of like having to retry over and over until I finally get it. But I wasn't good at the game by any means. <laughs> um, so would you like now the age that you were playing at? Did you play Kingdom Hearts two when it came out on launch or? No, um, I I played it. Well, it was probably like around two thousand seven or six. I think HG mm. came out two thousand five in the US. I think that's uh, right. Yeah, but, yeah, and um. Uh, I don't have many memories of uh, playing Cage 2 as much, actually. Like, I used to play Cage 1 a lot more, and I didn't enjoy Cage 2 as much, um, just because I didn't really understand it as well. Um, but, yeah, and uh, I kind of took a... Like, I didn't play it throughout, like, uh, my entire childhood. I played it a lot, um, a long time ago, and then I would play it, like, every now and then. Mm-hmm. But I really got back into it, like, in 2014, around there. Now was that was that because of speedrunning or was that just because you were just ready to revisit it? It was speedrunning. Um okay. I watched uh yeah, I watched a Kingdom Hearts one speedrun by uh the Mismaster One on YouTube, which was uh the first ever sub three hour time in KH one. Um and I watched that whole run and I was like uh learning what he did and I was like trying to replicate it, um just kind of like casually, like not really taking it seriously, but I wanted to try out the the speedrun in a way, and um, and then I discovered uh, Biscuit 047's 404 um, in the OG Cage Two, and I and I actually enjoyed after learning the strats and stuff. I started enjoying Cage Two a lot more, and that's the game that I gravitated towards. That's that's interesting. I you know I I want to get a few a few general Kingdom Hearts takes. I'm sure you get these kinds of questions frequently because I feel like they're the kinds of questions that. Uh, a Kingdom Hearts fan dropping into a Kingdom Hearts speedrun stream would probably ask to start, you know, firing from the hip. Um, my understanding now, I, I've played. I think I've, God, I, I, am very casual fan. I've played, you know, one, two, Birth by Sleep, Dream Drop Distance. Haven't played three yet. Uh, happy to play it whenever it comes up. You know, whenever, whenever the opportunity does. Uh, my mm-hmm. understanding is that the Roxas Prologue is is divisive. Are you are you a <laughs> proponent of the Roxas prologue, either either casually or from a speedrun perspective? I imagine speedrunning is probably frustrating. It, yeah, it is. Um, I I would say it's it's just that casually, um, it can take like there's probably like three or four hours of cutscenes just in that prologue, and I think that's the the reason why it turns everyone off is because you don't even get to play as Sora. Actually, I remember when I first played KHU, mm-hmm. um, I thought that the whole game was as Roxas, because it was like, <laughs> you play so much as, of the game as Roxas at the beginning, I'm like, when, when do I get to play as Sora? Um, so yeah, I think that's why. And uh, yeah, I think they probably could have made it a bit shorter. Um, I don't think it's that fun to play. Had you played uh, any of the the portable entries around that time? Because I, you know, I feel like I feel like in my mind, I, a lot of people stuck to you know one and two on PS2. That's the stuff. Uh, had you played your you know Chain of Memories or, or Birth by Sleep or stuff like that? I played Calm a lot, uh, Chain of Memories mm-hmm. on GBA. Okay, uh, that game I, I I beat and I enjoyed that game a lot. Um, days i got into a little bit but i uh i didn't finish it i got like maybe halfway through the game um i never really enjoyed the the uh portable games as much as the like i've, I've gone back and played them now mm-hmm. but 
but yeah, back then I didn't play them as much. Now, so we're, we've been talking about you know a little bit of your your history with speedrunning and um, and you know Kingdom Hearts specifically, of course. Before we we dig too much, uh, dig further into that, uh, one thing I do always like to check in on is whether or not you have had an interest in uh, multiplayer games. I always find this is very uh, fascinating in terms of how it you know, informs things like competition, stuff like that. Uh, you mentioned mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, it sounds like maybe you're just more oriented towards single-player stuff because you mentioned collecting games. Have you had any big multiplayer phases, you know, MMOs, MOBAs, stuff like that? Um, not, like, seriously, mm-hmm. but uh, one game that I actually really love that I don't talk about that much is Smash Brothers. Um, ever since Smash Ultimate came out, like I, I played that game a lot, and mm-hmm. I um, and like at GDQ, I'd always enter tournaments that they had there, and that was like some of the best moments I had at GDQ was entering the Smash tournaments. Um, that's like a game that I probably have played the most competitively. Um, other than that, like I played some games like Overwatch or Fortnite, mm-hmm. um, but that only lasts like a couple sure. months, if even yeah. that. One mm-hmm. was popular. Who's your main in Smash? <laughs> uh, right now it's Fox. It changed a lot, but right now I'm most comfortable with Fox. Okay, I think it's a really cool character. Yeah, yeah, no, Fox. I mean, Fox is a classic, right? I mean, I, I had you played older Smash games. I mean, it sounds like Ultimate's the one that you spent the most time with so far. But mm-hmm. yeah, you- I played. Um, yeah, I played four and melee. I actually played melee a lot when I was a kid, mm-hmm. like a lot younger. Um, but I didn't play it competitively as much then. Um, I never really got into like competitive melee because that just requires so much practice uh, like people are so yeah. good at that game um but i love watching competitive melee uh and then i love playing uh competitive ultimate though cool no ultimate mm-hmm. ultimate is, i'm not too much of a smash person myself i i in like 2006 i was uh at, at, at college and i discovered that like competitive melee was a thing and it was terrifying mm-hmm. it was like you do what wait wave dashing what is that and um it's, it's been a, a roller coaster ever since but Smash is fun. I definitely uh, uh, support that for sure. Well, let's okay. So let's get back to the story of you know you and speedrunning. You mentioned that you found a uh, a Metroid video. I think you said Metroid, right? It was a Metroid Fusion. Yeah, it was Metroid Prime. 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 Metroid Prime. Right mm-hmm. on on Task Videos. How do we get from there to you wanting to do speedruns yourself? Had you already been doing time trials, or was that the thing that really you know put you in gear? That was pretty much it. Um, like I, I play a lot of games um, from like 2012 to like 14 ish. Um, I would pretty much always watch like I would think of a game that I really playing as a, like when I was younger, and mm-hmm. then I would watch a speed run of that, and then I would try to replicate the things that they did. So like for Metroid Prime, I learned a lot of the the weird tech that they did in that run. Um, but like I didn't, I never timed it or anything. It was just for fun because I thought it was really cool. And I would do that for like um, SM64. I got like a sub 30 minute time. And I remember that was the first time that I was like, oh my God, I actually beat this game like in 30 minutes. That's amazing. Like I felt really proud of that. <laughs> it's not like an amazing time now, it, but I mean, cause I, I had just timed it like on my phone and that was a uh, really cool. Um, and then there's other games like, uh, there's a lot of Nintendo games like Badger Kazooie and Pikmin and stuff like that. I would, I would watch and play. Would you would you typically go for like the the any percent stuff or more completionist stuff? Because I feel like some of those games are really oriented towards the 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 collectible mindset, and so some people I know gravitate towards one hundred percent. What kind of categories were you focusing on those games? I think it was mostly any percent. Um, 
because I just just the idea of like playing a game and finishing it in the same sitting was just amazing to me. Like that was I think that was the the main thing that I thought was cool. So I would always try to to replicate that so I could do it. Now going going from there, uh, you know you're having fun doing. It. Clearly you're you're you know you keep picking up new games. You're trying out things. Uh, you're timing yourself locally, which is totally normal. I, you know, I when I got into this, I wondered how many stories I would hear about this kind of thing. You know, because mm-hmm. the speedrunning doesn't have to be tied up with streaming and recording like that. They those yeah. can exist separately, and mm-hmm. so and you know, of course there are people you know who were who were just timing themselves, uh, you know, like like a phone timer beforehand. What? pushed you to start recording you know i especially imagine too because you're playing console games that's going to be a higher barrier to entry than yeah uh than pc stuff so what's that what's that story like so when i found a cage to run um i started watching streamers who streamed cage to like regularly mm-hmm. um and i think that was the main thing that pushed me to start actually running it seriously was that i saw a lot of streamers that were doing it and um i would like i made my twitch account then and i started uh, like chatting and stuff and, and just getting into the community and um that was like around the time that uh kingdom hearts went to gdq for the first time um in a long time because i think the first gdq run for kh was like 2012 or something like really old and then they didn't accept it again until um agdq 2015 so um, the community was like super hype about it because we thought that like Cage would never be in a GDQ again. <laughs> but then that's when um, Critical Mode was shown off, and um, yeah, I was I was in the community around that time and um, just meeting other people who ran the game. I started picking it up, and um, I, at first I I used it. I had a laptop at that point, and I used a webcam on my laptop to point it towards my TV, Ooh. and then that's <laughs> yeah, and that's how I would stream like that before I had a capture card. And that's just what the first couple months were like. Do you still have any VODs from that era? Could you, could you like, <laughs> like, ah, yes, here's my webcam stream from, you know, 2014, um, I don't think 15. so. No, <laughs> I think there might be, there might be like a, a private video on my YouTube or something mm-hmm. like way back then, but I'm, I'm not sure. Okay. Well, apparently it might be, you know, PSA, in case anyone else hasn't seen this story, but uh, YouTube announced that they are going to force all pre-2017 unlisted videos to be set to private if you do not fill out a form to opt out of the change, um, which <clears throat> feels like it's going to kill a lot of <laughs> SRC runs because people love to uh, you know, yeah, post yeah. unlisted videos. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, if that if that affects you, you know, look at your YouTube <laughs> dashboard and uh and you know react accordingly but yeah again that is if you have pre-2017 unlisted videos on youtube they are going to be automatically set to private if you don't opt out and that's that's true of anyone even me i even i got the notification in my in my youtube dashboard so uh you know i guess (laughs) be be aware of that history so anyway you didn't you didn't you're still today you do not capture footage with a webcam pointed at the screen (laughs) Um, how did you get into, what was your first frame to capture hardware? I'm assuming you wanted to get something that would do a better job of capturing kingdom hearts too. Certainly. Uh, what mm-hmm. did you end up doing? I got a Aver media, um, that captured, um, the SD or like the, the cape, the red, the yellow and white cables, whatever they're called <laughs> the component. Oh uh, yeah. The, well, the, um, the, the, 
No, component I think is the like the the green, blue, yellow, red, and then okay. I think composite is the old composite, yellow, red, yeah. white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right. My bad. Um, Delwing- so I got that Delwingo from... the expert is here to tell us <laughs> about the right cables. I, I got that from Best Buy, and I think it was like really overpriced too. It was like an eighty dollar mm. uh, capture card. Um, but I got that, and uh, it was such a pain to set up too because I. I like had no idea what I was doing, but I got that and I was super hyper uh, happy. I was really excited about it. Um, at the time, I remember I was super like just giddy to have a uh, capture because then I could stream my runs and yeah, it was, it was really fun. Just uh, grinding the game. Cool. So, and you know, at that point, like, I guess, so your, your focus is really just on, you know, being a, a part of the uh, Kingdom Hearts 2. Now, was Kingdom Hearts 2 the, the first run that you were recorded at this capture equipment? That was kind of what you were focused on? Were you, were, you, were you just on that game at the time, or were you also dabbling in other games? Um, I did run Crash Bandicoot, actually. Um, How did that OG come Crash, I, <laughs> um, I just really liked... Like, I guess I was still in a phase of like trying out different games, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed... Um, Crash is one of those games that I really liked watching that I uh, enjoyed playing. So I just emulated it because um, I think emulator runs were accepted on the leaderboards. I'm not sure. But um, I emulated it and I, I timed that because that was one of the games that I could I didn't need a capture card to like right. um, stream that. Cause, yeah, so I, I would play that a bit. Um, and that was probably the game that I like focused the most on aside from Kingdom Hearts. But um, yeah, and then I went to KH2 and I, I focused on KHU for a long time after that, like the same category. I didn't really deviate much. All right. So now that we, we've entered into the era of, of speedrunning, uh, I like to do a list, a series of sort of individual game questions to get particular particular speedruns named. Now, we've established, you know, kind of what your, your introduction was uh, to capturing games and what you're, you're focused on at first. Uh, of all of the speedruns, that you have done, and because you know a lot of it has been focused on on Kingdom Hearts too, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for a particular version and category of all the speedruns that you've done. What's your favorite? Like, what's just the absolute workhorse you always love to come back to this particular run? That would be uh, Critical Mode Any Percent for KHUFM. Okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. Which so that's is, the um... that's the one that now when you say when you say Critical Mode, does that like include does that broadly include the 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 further categories? Like, is level one a subcategory of that, or is that a separate category of that? In your no, no, it is separate. It's separate. Okay. Um, and I I do prefer crit over level one, mm-hmm. but um, it just mainly because level one is such a brutal category, and it's so hard to go really fast because a lot of the time you're trying to uh, just survive. Um, crit, you you go really fast, and um, and the the threat of dying is still there. Um, so I really enjoy that, but, um, but level one is like my second favorite, I would say. Cool. No, I'm, I'm, you know, it's exciting to hear that from the perspective that, uh, you know, these are the runs you're getting to do at, you know, Mm -hmm. at games done quick events. Like that's just very exciting to hear, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm glad for that. What about the flip side? What of all the speed runs that you've done? (laughs) What is the worst one? The one that you are least likely to come back to? Oh, man. Um, you are welcome to consult your SRC <laughs> profile or whatever if you want to take a moment on this one. Yeah, I, I could. Because um, I've run so many weird things. Like I actually ran 
um, Wii Sports one point at one point. I, I ran like nine hole, um, but I don't think that was the worst. Uh, probably like like in terms of Kingdom Hearts, I think um, one of my least favorite in the game is standard mode ninety percent mm. because in standard mode, so the way that difficulties work in that game is that beginner is the fastest category. And um, and so it's fun because it's like it's kind of more traditional. Like you're not trying to survive; you're just trying to go as fast as you can, like you would expect in a speedrun. Yeah. Um, and then like crit is like if you're trying to challenge yourself but still go fast. Um, but standard and proud, um, your damage is actually less than on critical mode, um, and overall the run is like 20 minutes slower. And it's not like that hard on standard to survive. Because um, it's still standard mode, like the game isn't that difficult, mm-hmm. but you just go really, really slow. So it just feels like a like there's no real reason to to play standard <laughs> in in that game. I feel like you should either play beginner or crit, or if you like, if crit's a bit too hard, you can do proud. But standard just feels like kind of a boring way to play. Yeah, you know, I I feel like that's it's an interesting discussion when it comes up to games with difficulty modes and how the difficulty scales. Uh, it is like the, the, the way you described beginner, that's like a pretty common take on, yeah, the mm-hmm. easiest difficulty is the fastest because you can just focus on going yeah. fast. That's a pretty common take. Uh, but, you know, the, the knowledge that you're going to be dealing out more rather than just taking more on, you know, on a critical mode, uh, that really puts mm-hmm. a wrinkle in it, right? Like, it's not just... It's not just ah yes, I want to do the most difficult thing. It's you're going to be making different decisions really than you know than you would as you said on 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 prouder standards. That's that's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. So did you want to did you want to leave standard as your or KH two final mix standard as your answer for worst or did you have a non Kingdom Hearts answer? I wasn't sure if you were mm-hmm. just yeah okay. Um, let me let me think a little okay. bit here. Um, look at my profile. I would say, like, another one that I don't enjoy as much is, um, uh, I would say, like, All Worlds for, um, Kingdom Hearts 1 All Worlds, Mm -hmm. um, is kind of boring to me because you have to sit through 100 Acre Wood, which is kind of like an (laughs) auto-scroller, and in that game, you can't skip a lot of it, so there's, like, a lot of waiting around, um... And then Recom is like super RNG heavy. Um, Reach and Memories for PS2. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like an incredibly RNG speedrun. But it still can be fun. So I don't think it would be more. I think I would say Standard is probably okay. my least favorite. No, that's that's extremely fair. Uh, how about uh, a game or category that you would like to speedrun, but you haven't gone around to it yet? You know, whether for time reasons, doesn't fit with what you're doing right now, but you're interested in learning it. There's a lot of them, actually. Um, Feel free to name like, off I would a love few. To go back. Yeah, I would love to go back to Crash. Because um, Crash, I think, is just a really fun game. Um, and then SM64 is another game that I've always thought would be really cool to learn. Uh, like 120 Star. Um, and even 16 Star, I think, is fun. Um, uh, I can't think of anything else right now. Like Mega Man is actually a cool game, too. Um, like, like Mega Man X or Base Mega Man or Mega Man X, okay. Yeah, like either of them. I think, mm-hmm. uh, like I did, I played a little bit of Mega Man Two, and um, that probably be the game that I learned. Um, yeah, uh, 
I think that's all I can think of right now. No, those are some solid. I mean, certainly SM64 is one of those ones that comes up a lot. You know, that's just the all-time mm-hmm. classic uh, speed game. And uh, But certainly the Omega Man, that's, that's a rich uh, tradition to draw from lots of games. And that's sort of the fun thing of that, right? You got so many games and sub-series and, and whatnot to, to pull from. How about this, though? What about your favorite speedrun to watch that you have no plans to Ooh. run yourself? That I would probably say um, Ocarina of Time. Mm. I think that one, yeah. Now specifically, uh, is there of- particular categories that you like to watch for Ocarina of Time? Or Yeah, I watch um, the old 80% route, which I think now is called No, no SRM. Um, mm-hmm. I forgot the full name. But um, I watch too Richard much Sage. Now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, because the, the new any percent is like where you just warp to the credits, mm-hmm. um, like five minutes in. Um, I like the old route, which was uh, when you would like have to get the bottle and then um, warp to Ganon's castle and everything. That is one of my favorite categories. Yeah, the classic wrong warp, right? Mm-hmm. When you're in, yeah, what, like this is like you because you wrong warp out of the like the Deku Tree boss room right into uh, yeah, yeah into Ganon's castle. That's yeah, no, that's been around. It's been around. That is a, that is a classic run, especially just because of how classical the the glitch is. Really, uh, that's that's a good one. Well, we talked about SGQ at the top of the the podcast, and uh, it sounds like you've already gotten your favorite game, your f- critical mode. You did it at Corona Relief Done Quick. You're going to be in critical mode uh, level one uh, for the finale of SGDQ 2021. Do you have a next goal? Like, if, if I don't know how much of a goal it is for you to get games in the GDQ, but if you had a next goal, whether it be another category in Kingdom Hearts or another game, what what would be that goal? What would be the one the freebie that you'd want to get if someone offered you a free freebie for GDQ? Yeah, um, that's that's tough because at this point, like, I really feel like this is like this is it right here because mm-hmm. like I am doing level one. It's the first time it's ever being shown off, and it's going to be the finale for the marathon. Um, and it's my first time ever getting a solo run into like a main GDQ event too. Um, so I don't know. Like I mean, this is kind of the best that I can ask for. I feel. No, that's good. I mean, that's I'm I'm <laughs> yeah. glad to hear. As I said before, you know that that you 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 got this in you know sort of you know in in you know separate incarnations uh and certainly excited for and of course it's also the finale again i'll just repeat that it's the finale finales at gdq are always always worth watching and always exciting uh i wanted to ask about streaming stuff because uh, you know you already mentioned kingdom hearts uh is very popular how interested in it have you been from a streaming perspective? Like, did you did you find that you had an audience right away? Did you have to do something a particular uh, thing to get that audience, or you've just sort of grown by you know, by being a uh, you know com- dedicated member of the the speedrunning community for Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, I would say uh, something that helped me out a lot in terms of growing was the fact that I didn't have an audience for a long time, mm. and also the fact that I didn't really care that much about it because mm. um for the first like two or even three years um i had like below 10 viewers or maybe at, like at most i have like 20 and um i would just grind a game and i i had a lot of i enjoyed just playing the game um like even if i wasn't streaming it mm-hmm. so i streaming it didn't really make a difference to me and um it wasn't until the remixes came out in 2017 that i started to grow a bit there uh, but i never really 
like thought about it as something as that I wanted to do like streaming wise. Like I never really thought about being like a full-time creator um, going into it. I definitely didn't think about it for like until years later. And I think that benefited me because I didn't like, I wasn't worried about numbers or anything. I just wanted to play the game. I mean, that's, that's a good, I, I honestly, I feel like that's sort of the, a, a, a good mindset just in terms of, you know, being able to treat it as a process that you're committed to. And especially you're, you're focused on the things that you can have control over, right? You know, it can mm-hmm. be hard yeah. to, you can't make a game more popular than it is or, or things like that. It's certainly, you know, people talk about what you can do as a streamer, uh, but, but sometimes, you know, opportunities exist separate from, you know, what you're necessarily doing. Uh, I think I wanted to ask about was uh, a lot of times when I talk to people who are focused on specific series, uh, the, the frustration will come up about the difficulty of doing something different, of doing something that, you know, isn't Kingdom Hearts or isn't Kingdom Hearts speedrunning. Uh, and certainly, you know, here we have the example. I, I, I did check out your uh, your Crash 4 uh, personal best. <laughs> I, I did, I did w- w- go back and watch that. Um do you is that something that concerns you at all taking a dip in the metrics because you're doing something different uh do you do it that often no uh like as of late i don't do it often uh crash 4 was probably the last thing that Mm. i did where i just played crash 4 for like maybe two weeks um and that was all i did um nowadays like if i want to play something different on stream i just uh i'll pretty much just like play it after i play kingdom hearts like I'll, I'll maybe I'll get tired of doing a run, and then I'll just uh, boot up a casual game like Final Fantasy Fifteen. Um, I've been playing that recently. Um, before I did play different, a few different games. Like I played Odyssey um, a few months after it came out for like about a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just taking a break um, from speedrunning can be nice. Uh, but recently, because of randomizer, I think that's helped a lot too. Because I haven't just been speedrunning like every day the same thing, um, so it helps it burn out a lot. Just being able to play a randomizer instead. Yeah, you know, I was, I you know, I guess while we're on the subject of of avoiding burnout, do you feel it sounds like changing up from speedruns to randomizing? Randomizer certainly avoids burnout. Do you feel it is an asset for you know Kingdom Hearts running? That there are so many different categories. The switching between, you know, beginner and critical is that is that freshening things up for you? Yeah, it is definitely for sure. Um, like a lot of people, I think it's not just me. A lot of people will go from like a beginner category and then they'll kind of get tired of it. Maybe they'll get like a really good time and then um, they're not like necessarily leaving the category, but they want to just take a break and so they play like maybe they'll do um, the hundred percent category or they do all worlds. Um, or to go to standard or proud or crit. And, um, and it's nice to just, because the game is still pretty similar, but there's a few different, um, like a different route or maybe a couple of different strats. So it's not, um, it's not the same thing. Now, when it, when it comes to these games, have you been someone who is primarily focused on, uh, just grinding out good times? I, what I'm asking is, do you see yourself having a particular role in speedrunning, like do you do you focus on optimizing the route, finding glitches, or are you just really, uh, you know, I, I think grind monkey is usually the term I feel like yeah. I hear people use. Uh, do you have a particular approach when it comes to speedrunning? Um, yeah, I've 
I don't really focus that much on finding things. Mm-hmm. I never really have. Like I will sometimes I have found a couple of things just by um virtue of like practicing a ton and noticing something. But um I've always been really into grinding categories out. Um and but to be honest, like ever since Randomizer came out, I haven't been as uh focused on like trying to get the best time ever because um my most the run that I'm the most proud of right now is my 249 in crit any percent. And that really felt like just that run is so hard to beat. Like I've tried a lot of times to go back to the category, but that felt like just the most perfect run that I'm I've I'm ever gonna do. <laughs> really. <laughs> so like I've kinda I'm I'm not really like super into competitive like speedrunning anymore. No, that's that's good. I it's interesting to me that when people get into speedrunning, they can sometimes have the mindset that it's it's only worth doing if you want to go for for a top time, and that's something I try to discourage. Uh, you know, I don't know mm-hmm. if you. It sounds like you know you, you obviously you want to take pride in in what you've done as a runner, and like that's kind of the the, the place that you arrived at uh, w- with that particular run. Um, is there a a thing that you look for? In a, a in a run when you're when you're scoping like oh yeah I want to do this one because it has this in it is there a type of run that you feel like you enjoy the most? Um yeah actually I would say probably the hundred percent categories mm-hmm. um those are really fun just to uh also gold crown actually gold crown's another one um it's kind of it's not actually hundo because you don't have to grind out um all the enemies and get synth items to uh. Uh, like the journal, so there's a journal in the game, and that's what we go. That's what we go off of 400. percent um, And there's like mini games, and there's missions, and then there's like synthing, which requires a lot of grinding. Um, so that category is fun to do, but it's super long. It's like 10 hours. Um, <laughs> but Gold Crown is uh, just basically all the super bosses and like all of the cool parts of the game in one category, and it's only about like five hours. So that one is a really chill run, and I enjoy doing that one a lot. Cool. No, that's 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 good. We've been talking a lot about different speed runs, and uh, one thing I always want to check in on is: Do you do anything to avoid uh, any sort of repetitive stress injuries? Uh, you know, stuff with hands, wrists. Do you have any you know thoughts about that? Do you do anything yourself? Yeah. Um. Actually, I I had my first ever wrist pain. Um. I think last year uh, when I was running Kingdom Hearts One. Um, I can show it off actually. So the way that um, the way that you like to do air combos in that game, mm-hmm. you want to air combo as fast as possible because that saves time throughout the whole game. So the way you do it is by um, rolling your thumb between X and circle like this. Okay. And um, doing that like over and over again, this repetitive motion with my thumb really hurt like my wrist around here. Mm. And um, uh, so I kind of took a break from Kingdom Hearts One and. Um, Ever since then, I've been more mindful of the way that I um, move my thumb around and just the way that I play the game. So, like, there's a strat in Kingdom Hearts 2 where you need to do um, a couple inputs that are, like, within three or four frames. And a lot of people will just mash it out. Um, But I just learned how to time it because I think that's going to be a lot easier. And also most um, inputs in the game in general, I try to time if I'm able to do because I think that's a lot more healthy than just smashing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, mean, I think, you know, and I'd be curious, do you, do you feel like it is more consistent timed than mashing or? Yeah, I think it is for okay. sure. Yeah. Oh, here you go, I, I recommend um, for, for most um, 
for most tricks, like maybe if it's frame perfect, um, it's kind of hard to, you can't really be consistent at like, uh, a extremely perfect, uh, input like that. Mm. But I think it's better overall to learn how to time most inputs because, uh, mashing is just like, you never get better at mashing. Um, like, but timing inputs, you can learn the timing better. So over time you'll get better and better at it. While we're on the subject of pressing buttons, uh, I also wanted to get your controller hot takes. Do you have uh, <laughs> favorite and least favorite controllers? Uh, my favorite is probably the DualShock 4, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I also really like the GameCube controller. Oh, yeah, you're which pro GameCube. A hot take. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that one, those are probably my favorite. Do, yeah. you use, um, do you use the GameCube controller for playing Ultimate? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. No, I I mean I, I'm I feel like I'm an old fogey, so I sort of do it out of out of habit. I would probably be just as happy playing on a pro, maybe. I don't really I don't really know, but that's um that's interesting. Do you have any sort of any least favorite? Do you uh you know, regret going back to the dual shock two ever or anything like that? <laughs> um my least favorite is probably the I mean N sixty four I think is an obvious answer yeah it's just so weird um but uh in terms of like the dual shocks i think dual shock 2 was pretty good because what i liked about that controller was the sticks mm. were more stiff i think than the dual shock 4 yeah um so it could be a bit easier to be precise with your movement but um it was just at the o2 and r2 but as i thought got stuck a lot um, oh yeah okay yeah that's interesting because um, I usually point to the like I I just like the the amount of surface area on the DualShock Two L Two R Two, you know, compared to mm-hmm. the um the sort of like you know like a quarter of a way transforming into a trigger uh, that the the DualShock <laughs> Four uh, uh, L Two R Two buttons are doing. Uh, I'm not too big on the I triggers. I kind of wish they were more more buttons, but mm-hmm. that's right. Now, okay, so. We we oh actually I wanted to ask um have you had a the opportunity to play around with with the Dual Sense at all the the PS5 controller oh, the, yeah no I I um I did actually play a little bit of it with uh, Wingo because mm, okay. I only I live like twenty minutes away from Wingo mm-hmm. um so last time I went to his place uh, I was able to play a little bit with it and it felt pretty nice the the biggest uh, thing about it was the fact that the start button. Or the options button is a actual button instead of just like a <laughs> like the weird flat one on the uh, <laughs> instead PS4. of just being the whole touch screen, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the, that was the biggest thing that I thought was an improvement. That was the thing I had the, the most trouble with when I got a PS4 was like thinking to press that to press just press the whole mm-hmm. thing in. I'd be like, how do yeah. I pause this? How do I bring up my map? Like I don't understand. Like no, you just gotta press it in the whole thing, buddy. Uh, you know, don't press the the share button again for the the yeah, 20th yeah, time. Uh, no, definitely, I I, I, <laughs> I I hear you there. Um, with you know, with uh, the Kingdom Hearts two randomizer, is there another like? Obviously, it feels like Kingdom Hearts two is the most popular one, and I will say of the games I've played, it's probably my favorite. I did like uh, Dream Drop Distance and Birth by Sleep a lot, but. Kingdom Hearts 2 just seems like a, a, a great fun time all around. Is there another Kingdom Hearts game that you would want a randomizer for? I am not keeping up to date, so I don't know 
if there mm-hmm. are other randomizers, this may be a surprise to me, but I'm willing to to show my full ass by asking this question. Uh, would you, yeah, would you want to um, play a randomizer actually, for another one? Yes, and uh, KH1 randomizer is a thing now. Oh, it's, it is a it's thing. It's been now. a thing okay. for yeah, it's been a thing for maybe two months ish. Mm, um, okay. It's still kind of in beta, I think, uh, but it's evolved a lot and it's it's really fun. Um, and it's it's different than KH2. I think it was still it still has maybe a bit to go before it's uh, like fully polished, but. That's already a thing. And then um, KH3 randomizer is the one that a lot of people ask about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that would be really cool. But the game, in my opinion, it's not really built. Um, like being level one in that game is not uh, very fun because it, it's very time consuming to uh, get past all the fights. Mm-hmm. So in order to for there to be a randomizer in that game, I feel like they need to balance the game a little bit beforehand. No, that's yeah, that, that's that's fair. I, I guess we'll see. You know, it's it's funny, like comparing. You know, thinking about, I, I, and this isn't quite true since there's been the final mix versions and stuff like that. But you know, going back to what is effectively a, a sixth generation game that isn't really going to get patched, whereas you know something <laughs> that comes out and uh, what when Kingdom Hearts three come out was that like 2018? Oh God, I'm afraid. Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen was it? I should nineteen. Uh, but I mean, the point is, a game coming out more recently. Now you're right. Yeah, you you right. You right. It's 2019. Early. It was <laughs> January 2019. I was close. All right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but the. Uh, I mean, the point being, of course, that uh, that that game is much more likely to get updates of one kind or another. Certainly, already has. You know, I I know there's DLC and things like that. Uh. But you know, the the possibility certainly exists, or also the possibility exists. It could just be uh modded perhaps um all right let's get into some other uh some other kind of uh broader speed run questions that i like to like to ask if you could go back in time uh and tell tell yourself something about speed running to to you who is just beginning speed running what would be mm-hmm. your advice um i think the main thing for I think it's more specific because I was running a longer category. Like I wouldn't probably give this advice to everybody, mm-hmm. but I think for me, the main thing was to um, think about the run more as the whole thing rather than like trying to be perfect throughout um, everywhere. Like just think of it as because I would reset a lot in beginning game, mm-hmm. yeah. which I think a lot of people are guilty of. <laughs> I was like, this um, sounds like a confession <laughs> of a resetter is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. So I used to reset like a lot and um, like I could get like a really good time, but I kept resetting because I was trying to like perfect everything. I wanted to run to be the best. But um, I think you just have to think of it like, okay, if you lose a minute here, you still have a three hour like window to make the time back. So the run's not over at that point. And I think you just need to think of the whole run um when you're running during it rather than think of like oh i lost a couple minutes at the start so i can't um like the run's too bad now i can't continue it no that's sound advice and it it, like it's it's common advice but like also you just need to hear it like and especially for folks Mm -hmm. who are getting into speed running that's that's so important i know definitely in the time that i have watched runners i've definitely seen people of a high skill level uh get bogged down like when they before they should i mean if you truly Mm -hmm. are you know at a certainly high enough level you may know 
that the time you're aiming for can't be achieved if you bungle this thing up depending on the game. But chances are you want to do exactly what you said, which is think of the whole game. You know, can if you can mm-hmm. if you if you do well in another section, will it be a PB? You should go for that PB. Yeah, and and that's the way I um I use the best possible time in live split. And so I just try to think of um I won't reset until the best possible time is below PB. Like no matter what. That that's that's what I think is a good idea to try. That is exactly what I do too. 100% exactly yeah. <laughs> how I approach it cuz cuz that's the thing. Like I'll, I'll be playing some game and there'll be something random in like the first level that loses me, you know, let's say 10 20 seconds. Uh but I'll say like no, I'm not resetting. We gotta go further in, you know, and, and exactly as you said, is mm-hmm. the best possible time above PB. No, keep playing. Mm-hmm. How about? So I asked you earlier, you know, what you felt your role was in speedrunning. How about? Do you feel that speedrunning has a particular point or appeal? Uh, you know, is it just focus on uh, competing with others? Is it just? playing games you like i know for me I, i'm i'm kind of a, a a gremlin i just love breaking things and so seeing games <laughs> get broken is just particularly delightful to me uh do you feel like there's mm-hmm. a particular point or appeal of speedrunning for you uh i think the main appeal for me is just being able to get better pretty much infinitely um because like we're never like for camera two at least we're not gonna reach like tasks anytime soon even for like uh, like for Mario Brothers, like they just barely got the last second in the game. Uh, so like you ha- pretty much have an infinite, like your plateau doesn't exist. You can always get better and better. Um, so uh, I think that's the main appeal to me. Like I like games that um, in general where you can't ever, like where there's no seating really. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I play chess too. Oh, um, okay. And I used to play Osu. Um, like games like that, I would like to grind. Mm-hmm. I think that's the main appeal to me. No, that's I, I think the that that um you know loop of improving a skill is certainly I think a common mm-hmm. thread for for many people when it comes to speedrunning. And I and what's fun about speedrunning is that I think it also not only can you sort of infinitely improve, but there's just such um such a variety of things to improve at. You know, because of interesting movement techniques, different fights, things like that. You know, there's just sort of uh such a wide a variety of things that you can really uh really improve at speaking of favorite uh you know favorite techniques or tricks there's a question that i have i think a a previous uh previous guest gave to me this question that i'm now going to steal and put in my regular script so let's say you're mm-hmm. you're speed running your main speed game uh and you have a favorite trick there's some favorite trick that you have you can go ahead and name it if you want but the point of this question is to ask Chances are, in that very same game, there is also a dream skip. There is something <laughs> in the run that you want gone, that you would happily, happily say, I never have to play the auto-scroller section again, or, or whatever the case might be. Would you trade your favorite trick for the dream skip? Oh, okay. Um. Well... For Kingdom Hearts, mm-hmm. the the biggest uh, skip that I think everyone wants is Gummy Skip, yeah. because the Gummy missions are they take up so much of the run. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think I think it's for everyone. I think it's uh, obvious that I would trade 
the trick for the skip because it would save like 20 minutes per per run um yeah so i, I would i would do that but now what are you what um, are you sacrificing though just so we're clear about the trade here for for cage two it's it's tough because there's not really like any um like tricks i guess i think probably my favorite is um a thing called berserk horizontal slash where um that's that like near frame perfect thing you have to do where uh you have to press the input um like every there's like a beat to it like every um every like second you have to press the input once and um that trick is really fun to me even though it's extremely hard to do uh just because it's so rewarding to pull off so i guess i would i would say that um yeah no that's 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 a good answer now still doing some some broad speed running questions here uh a thing i'd like to check in on uh and you and you can divulge as much or as little uh personal information as you desire but i like to ask do you find yourself applying speed running uh routing and optimization to your life outside of speed running <laughs> um yeah to an extent um i i've always been kind of like I've always kind of tried to optimize things, I guess. Mm-hmm. So um, if I find like a better way to do something, I would usually try to do it. Um, uh, but I guess I don't know. It's kind of a broad question. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, so here's an, here's an example. Uh, uh, part of, you know, so uh, like a past guest, uh, it was, uh, was an architect. Shout outs to Musical Daredevil. Who I think <laughs> we'll be doing some hosting for SGDQ 2021. Uh, and he talked about how he ended up uh, helping his coworkers optimize their menuing in their architectural <laughs> design program. Uh, now, oh, of course, okay. Not everyone has, you know, a, a, a day job with hopeless coworkers. Uh, so, which is why I mentioned, you know, you can talk of as little or as much as you want about, you know, your, your personal. Mm-hmm. I was not, you know, obviously not everyone's ready to, you know, to share stuff in a, a speed running podcast. It's, it's fine, but like, you know, the other, the more common example, the com- the example I feel like I hear the most often is uh, that people start talking about uh, driving or like transportation <laughs> in terms of cycles. Mm-hmm. Like I do this all the time. Like, if I, if I, my my wife got <laughs> yeah. up here, I'd be like, oh man, I can't believe you missed the cycle for that light. You know. Hmm. Yeah, um, one thing I can think of right now is uh, whenever I try, whenever I do like, um, I did like some YouTube videos for mm-hmm. my YouTube, and I also um, will use GIMP a lot for uh, editing images and stuff. Yeah. So I, uh, a lot of times I'll learn like auto shortcuts and stuff to speed mm-hmm. that process up. I guess that's one thing I can. Yeah, no, to. that's definitely, believe me, I, I mean, you know, that's like important practically, you know, that you, mm-hmm. you just trying to do everything yourself uh, i i use i use gimp as well for for all of my uh you know image processing stuff and uh i'm always amazed like i'm like is there an easier way to do this do i have yeah. the words <laughs> to search for this uh but it's important right yeah i think as you you just indicated yeah. you really have to do it if you want to if you want to be if you want to be getting to the fun parts instead of you know being stuck in some kind of workflow where you just have to keep clicking on things uh that's that's not really fun you mentioned youtube content um, you know, when it comes to like the the meta game of speedrun content, uh, I, there's been a period of time I think where I've seen people try different things. Where it's like, oh, you really got to go to YouTube to get discovered, or you know, more recently I think I've seen some people trying TikTok things like that uh, in an effort mm-hmm. to go wherever the hottest discoverability is. Because everyone says Twitch is 
has poor discoverability is the 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 prevailing wisdom um what kind of youtube stuff do you just like because i mean a lot of people especially speedrunners will be using youtube for uh run vods you know this is where you post your your pbs your records whatever the case may be uh, are you doing other stuff or is it mostly just uh records and stuff no, I've I've been doing um, YouTube content for about a year now, mm-hmm. and um, I've I really really enjoy doing it. Like I think it's the um, it's the one thing that I probably like the best decision I've made in the past couple of years is doing YouTube because um, it's really fulfilling to mm-hmm. make uh, content and just put it out there. And um, like with streaming, like you can have a, a bad stream or you can have a good stream, but that always um, like it just kind of your vod will disappear and you know you always have to do your next stream but with youtube it's like you can make a really good video and then it's always a good video and it's always on youtube so you can always be proud of that like one piece of content and i think that's um why i really enjoy doing it and it's really fulfilling to me now now do you feel like there's any particular type of video a that you enjoy or b that has done well for you or yeah, both hopefully we, right? i do a lot of <laughs> yeah no i do a lot of um like challenges on mm-hmm. stream and then i'll make that a youtube video um so i'll i'll do like kingdom Hearts 2 um without using any magic or kingdom Hearts 2 without using any abilities and then i'll uh cut that up into a highlight on youtube and um and that is really fun because i get to do different things on stream and it's not the same thing every time and then i get to make like a cool video out of it that's a good. Th- I mean, I, I, I feel like it's another bit of of common wisdom, but still good to hear. You know, an example of it where you are, uh, you know, you're changing what you do to stream, and you're using the output of that to, you know, then turn around and and, and cut a YouTube video based on it, uh, and you know, mm-hmm. probably in a, an interesting way. So, when you like, do you, and when it comes to the video making process, uh, certainly that you know, the making the raw footage. That's a part of streaming, you know. Presumably, you know, you you enjoy that being a part of that that you know the Twitch streaming community. Um, do you have like a, a favorite or, or maybe least favorite part of doing the YouTube thing? Do you find scripting difficult? Uh, is there any any sort of feelings about? I mean, obviously, it's been rewarding for you. It sounds like. So I'm curious if there's a part of it that you've really taken to, in terms of the work. Um, so I I edited like the first uh, two or three, but after that. Um, I'm really lucky because I have uh, my girlfriend is really, really good at video editing. Uh, her name is Crunchy Kimochi. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I've been paying her to do uh, the videos and she's extremely talented at it. So she does most of the editing. Um, I've been doing like, we, I do two videos a week. So as of late, I've been editing one and then uh, she'll like polish it a little bit. And then she edits another one. Um, the editing process itself can be pretty daunting um like i won't lie it's it can be really annoying sometimes um but like the nice thing about it is that you can kind of like put on a video on your other monitor or listen to music or something and you don't have to be um like full of energy to be editing a video Mm. so yeah but it um the editing process i don't enjoy yeah Um, (laughs) no i I, I hear you what what kind what editor do you use i'm curious i I mean um, vegas Vegas? okay yeah sony vegas 14 i think Okay, now that's that's a, a, a. I've never actually used them. I, I had a friend um, years ago. I was doing uh, a, a hashtag. I, I did a, a let's play series with a friend, and I think he had when he did his editing, he would use uh, he would use Vegas. But I've always I've always used weird things. Right now, I'm on DaVinci Resolve, 
which actually has been pretty good. If someone's looking for a free video editor, DaVinci Resolve, probably a, a pretty pretty strong thing. I've actually had much more success with that than Pinnacle Studio. So uh, my <laughs> my advice to folks trying to get started out there, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully that will work. You know, on the note of what your uh, what the stuff that you do currently, um, you know, I, I also you know, I asked because I think it's interesting historically how you got your start with capturing stuff when we talked about you know the the old avermedia the webcam things like that um what about your your current setup um i mean have you i assume you graduated at some point from the avermedia to yeah. some nicer capture hardware what do you what do you use now uh i got a StarTech, which i have to thank the wingo about because uh, he he um, recommended it to me because it's it's a really good capture card i recommend it too um it i think it captures it captures hdmi and i think it also captures a uh, composite maybe mm-hmm. i'm not quite sure um but it it's a good capture card because there's no delay uh, i believe on obs yeah um, a lot of the star talks do do everything so i think that is that is correct yeah mm-hmm. i mean yeah, that and then be- i also uh, i also use um like update my my webcam and my mic and mm-hmm. i have lights now so yeah <laughs> It's it's all hard. It's all very very difficult. I, I always tell people this all the time. Like, do not do not feel bad about audio, about lighting, about video. Um, you know, it is mm-hmm. uh, you know a, an expensive ordeal to get into. Uh, so certainly don't don't feel bad about it. Nintendo is in streaming grad school. There you go. That's you get there. You get there eventually. Um, you know, one thing, another thing, and I don't know if this has come up too much uh, for for the stuff that you do, but I mean, so at this point, it sounds like your most of what you do is focused on uh, like PS4 and Switch. So you're not really, are you messing too much with the older consoles? Still, like, I know you've done PS2 Kingdom Hearts runs, but mm-hmm. do you is that a frequent part of what you have to deal with, or is it mostly all HDMI nowadays? No, it's mostly HDMI. Okay. Um, I haven't played a PS2 game. I haven't captured a PS2 game in a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's probably been like, like maybe three or four years. Yeah. No, that's fair. Because if if I discover someone is, uh, you know, dealing with with retro hardware, that's like a whole dark hole of questions that I get to <laughs> ask about. You know, well, what yeah. TV do you use, and how do you convert the signal? And uh, but no, we don't have to. We don't have to go down that dark alley that that Dilwingo is probably hanging out in, trying to offer <laughs> hardware to us. He's shown me some really cool things. He has. <laughs> he's really good at um, that stuff. Yeah, no, for for sure, for sure, that stuff is 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 fun. Um, all right, well, let's um, you know, let's start talking about. We've talked a little bit already about you know some of the Kingdom Hearts games. Obviously, Kingdom Hearts Two has been a big one in terms of. You know, you were playing one and two when you're young. Two is big for speedrunning when you began speedrunning, and now even. Um, a thing I wanted to ask about as we're, we're you know settling into a little bit of Kingdom Hearts chat was, uh, I mentioned you know going through your SRC profile, I saw yes, yeah. that. Hmm. Oh, that's a cat. <laughs> Sorry, mate. No, yeah. that's fine. That's that's all right. I accept that. I, I'm I'm allergic, but I shouldn't be affected through the podcast. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. With uh, Kingdom Hearts 1, I noticed that your most recent PB in a category was on the PC version of the game. And I'm curious how the dust has settled so far 
on the PC versions of the Kingdom Hearts game. I obviously, aside from the pricing, which which I know was high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Besides that, um, ha- have these versions been good? Do you think that in the long run they'll be the versions that people street like run the most, or are they too flawed to hang around? Um, so for Kingdom Hearts One, it is definitely the best. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because Kingdom Hearts 1 hasn't had an intro skip until the Xbox version. Okay. And not many people have an Xbox, so people just don't really run that category. Yeah. Um, but they ported that over to PC, so uh, the intro is three and a half minutes, I think. Um, and so like everyone has always been used to sitting through that for just the beginning of the run, but now we can skip it, and so it's definitely the best for KH1. Okay. Um, but the unfortunate thing is that KH2... Um, I don't know what they did, but for some reason, the loads in the PC version are slower than PS4. And even if you have an SSD, it doesn't make any difference in the loading time. Mm. So I'm not sure what, like, how that's even possible, but um, that's one thing that is uh, annoying about it. But also, uh, KH2 has a lot of crashing issues. And mm. the crashing issues, um, uh, they seem to happen more when speedrunning. I-, I think it's like a, a load um, issue or something. But a lot of runners haven't been able to finish runs on PC because it just crashes mid mid game. That's a bummer. Yeah, I, I've seen. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. I I, I follow a few uh, Kingdom Hearts runners on Twitter, and, and so a lot of these things that you're mentioning to me sound very familiar. I think I recall. I want to say it was Violin Gamer was very excited when the Xbox version came out because I think he's the one person who has an Xbox. <laughs> yeah, uh, because yeah. he was like, "Oh yeah, let me go get that right now. Let me just boot that game up <laughs> and do the <laughs> Xbox version." Um, you know, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully it gets fixed. Uh, you know, I mean, the good thing about PC versions is that there's also the tendency for uh, somewhat famously now for some very popular games for modders to come in and fix things. I don't know if that's the case with the Kingdom Hearts community, but certainly, like famously, Dark Souls, you know, was like that where. PC Dark Souls mm-hmm. is broken uh, and then I'm getting fixed. Hopefully, the, uh, certainly at least the crashing issues uh, get get resolved. I'm hoping in the long... Because, you know, the nice thing about PC versions is they're not tied to any hardware, right? Like, that's the... Yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. That's the kind of the, the, the beauty. Now, hopefully, Kingdom Hearts is so popular that it'll probably be available on future consoles, but, you know, you, that's, you can never take that for, for a certain... Uh, and so, hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. that'll, that'll keep going. Well, but also cool that kingdom hearts one is is uh you know still with us i I, watching the footage it looked really good like a really good version of the game to me i don't know if it's actually that much improved over the the ps4 uh version but uh it looked great it it seemed like it was it was running fine as well yeah no it's a it's a good version um you can play on 120 fps which wasn't on ps4 but that doesn't really make a big difference i think like there's no new tricks or anything uh, but it just looks a lot more crisp, and it's a lot ni- it's a lot more convenient to mm. just boot it up on PC and play. Also, like we can mod in um, like a way to load saves or uh, like reset a certain fight over and over to practice easier on PC than on PS4. That's another great luxury. Actually, you know, speaking of of, of Dark Souls, I had a I had um a, a guest on who was started speedrunning Bloodborne, and then they switched to mm-hmm. Dark Souls Three. And they're like, I can just load whatever practice saves I want. <laughs> this is nothing like you know being stuck on, on PS4. So I'm I'm not surprised at all that you know there's a similar situation 
with uh, with Kingdom Hearts. Um, so with Kingdom Hearts one, you know, we I know that Kingdom Hearts two was was a big speedrun game for you when you first got into you know running and capturing and everything. Did Kingdom Hearts one is that something that you got to right away, or did did it take did it take longer for you to get into the Kingdom Hearts one speedrun? Uh, Kingdom Hearts one, I got more into um, probably around when the PS4 version came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I read ran it like every now and then on PS3, uh, but PS3 had a uh, really slow load times. That that version wasn't very good either for KH1. Um, but for PS4, um, it was much faster, and it's like almost it's about two hours, uh, so it's a lot faster than KH2 even. Mm-hmm. And um, and so yeah, I got into that, and I got record in it at one point. Um, but I mean, the game wasn't as optimized now. It's like insane, but, um, but yeah, I, I got into it and it's a really fun category. Like KH2, uh, I mean, KH1 beginner is, uh, it's, it's very fast and like, um, seconds, like movement really matters a lot more in that game than compared to KH2. KH2 movement is just like walking forward in a straight line, but KH1, like there's actual platforming and like skips and stuff you can do. So it's, uh, it's a really fun category. Cool. No, that's. I mean, it, as I said, I was very, very impressed by watching with Kingdom Hearts One. Uh, post post GDQ, do you have any particular Kingdom Hearts One plans? Do you have a, any a, any goal in this game that you'd want to set, come back to? Um, not right now. Like for for Catch One, I'm not super interested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like for the randomizer is fun in that game. Sure. Uh, for grinding out uh the speed run. If anything, I probably want to grind out KH2 a bit more after GDQ. Well, um, let's, yeah, let's move over there. Let's, you know, I, I think that is the natural follow-up. Is you're, you know, obviously, I, we already talked that you're doing no reset speedruns, prepping for the likely level one uh, critical mode run, uh, you know, for the SGDQ 2021 finale. Uh, what is next on your plate for Kingdom Hearts two? Then, yeah, I would say probably keep doing level one. Um, after the uh, GDK marathon, and um, I don't want to get like super burned out on the game, so mm-hmm. I don't have like a goal right now. But uh, I know I can like be my PB by a lot, and I'm sure I probably w- won't be there yet before GDQ happens. But I want to just grind it until I'm satisfied with my PB there, and then I might go back to crit any percent and finish things off there. Um, and yeah, after that, I'm not sure. Well, yeah, we'll see. We're obviously a lot of a lot of work to be done before you have to to come to that mm-hmm. decision, uh, for sure. Now, you know, when we were going over the history of you uh, speedrunning and streaming, and now we have established—I don't have to ask this—we already know when Kingdom Hearts three comes out. Kingdom Hearts three came out uh, in January of 2019. When you're already speedrunning and streaming. What was what was that experience like? What was your approach to, you know, being someone who's a Kingdom Hearts speedrunner? Three comes out. How do you handle that? The way I handled it was um, I got it like the minute it launched in JP because it came out in Japan like a day before, mm-hmm. maybe a week before actually. Um, so I, I just did a, a full playthrough. Um, I did like a twenty four hour stream of just a full game. And then after that, I did like a run just without any route or anything. I just tried to beat the game as fast as I could because I like to just like jump into a run um, without any knowledge or anything. I think it's pretty fun. 
um, so I did that for K3. And then uh, more and more uh, things were discovered and we learned, like I was a part of the process for optimizing the game at the beginning. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a crazy time because um, like a lot of really big mainstream streamers were playing the game too. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of speedrunners were just getting like insane viewership uh, right when it launched. So it was, it was crazy. Now, what do you, so would you ultimately say that your uh, experience with this, with, you know, with a new game in the series that you are most involved in, would that end up being a good thing? Was there anything that you would change about that? Um, no, I think it was fine. Um, yeah, I, if anything, um, I probably wish I had, uh, like maybe made more videos about it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't really prepared for like all I did was just stream every day and do attempts. So I feel like I, I probably should have taken advantage of it more. But um, but yeah, I, did, I got to do a GDQ run with uh, with Miss and Crispy, and that was a really good, fun time. Yeah, I wanted to ask, but you know, that was one of the the vods that you uh, shared with me. Uh, what you know, this is something I'm curious about because I'm I'm so used to the GDQ submission process being uh, very very solitary, and so I've never done a co op or relay submission before. Uh, where did the mm-hmm. idea come together to present that as uh, as a co-op? I mean, as a, uh, I assume it was submitted as a relay. Uh, was is that correct yeah. that it was submitted? As, okay, yeah, it was. Yeah. How did that come together? Uh, so around that time, uh, I was pretty sure that K Tree would be accepted because it was a brand new game, and um, like everyone is super hyped about the game, and the run was looking to be pretty fun. Um, so back when K Two was first shown off. Um, in 2015, uh, it was a relay with it was a co-op with uh, Bloody Biscuits, Biscuit, and um, Ted Rizzo, or uh, Real Peace now, mm-hmm. and they did a three-person co-op the same way. So when K3 came out, I was like, okay, what if um, I approach Crispy and Mist, and um, we just do the same thing for K3, and then that way, um, I think it was the first time that uh, it was the first time for me and Crispy to be at GDQ. And uh, Miss had already been there, but it was really cool to just share that experience with them, uh, as opposed to only one of us being able to show mm-hmm. it off. No, and it, it seemed like it, it went really well, and I, I imagine too, it's it was kind of fun to 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 switch around as well. You know, it it, it can the the runs that I've done, I've done you know two sort of GDQ stage runs, but both of those are like sub hour, and I can only imagine that like the the level of focus, the you know the intensity, of the experience. <laughs> Yeah, it could be a bit much after a while, and you know, getting up and and you know, changing seats and having a different person play. Uh, now, of course, you you were the one who finished it out, right? You were the, the I recall, yeah. The, yeah, the end one. Um, but no, that's really that's really neat. I, again, and it's 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 a a good way to do things, and I'm 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 glad you did that. Now, what long term is Kingdom Hearts three a game that uh, that it seems like it's it, from looking at your SEC profile. It is less a game that that has uh, stuck around in your in your repertoire. Do you think you'll ever go mm-hmm. back to it, or was it just sort of you got in for the excitement in the early game, and it's probably not going to be a workhorse for you? Um, I might go back to it eventually because it is a really cool run. Uh, it's really unique now because uh, the movement in that game is even more important than KH one. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of the game is based on movement, and the routing too is really. Uh, crazy and there's also like a glitch that you can do um towards the end where you like level grinds a lot um 
yeah, it's a cool run. Um, I might go back to it eventually, especially now that uh, PC is a thing because the PC version of Cage Tree is really good. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, so I, I might go back to it. Um, it's a it's a cool game. Cool. No, that's I'm I'm glad to, I'm glad to hear it because I will probably probably be playing it. Uh, I imagine probably sometime later this year. I, I have a whole you know my stream where <laughs> I, I let people vote on games and my my wife has committed me to playing Kingdom Hearts three at some point on stream this year. <laughs> so that's probably going to happen. I'm sure I'll have a fun time. I, I the more I've played those games, the more I've enjoyed them. So I'm I'm looking for that whenever that happens. Let, I want to ask a few lighthearted Kingdom Hearts questions. Uh, I already asked you about the Roxas Prologue, but I want to ask: Do you have a favorite Kingdom Hearts world? Uh, you can a- you can answer this from multiple perspectives. You know, just casually or speed running. Mm-hmm. You got a favorite world? Yeah, mine. I would say is Hollow Bastion. Hollow Bastion. Yeah. Um, in particular, the version in Kingdom Hearts One, I think, is super cool. Like just the uh, the um, the I can't think of the word, but just like the the way it looks in that game, it's a lot uh, it's a lot darker, and it feels a lot more mysterious. You're you explore more of the castle in that game, and then the beginning of the world, you lose your keyblade, which I think is a really neat concept that they didn't really bring back much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just a really cool world. What about a favorite boss? Do you have any a favorite fight that you would point to in the Kingdom Hearts series? Mm, I think I would say uh, the Data Shion fight from Kingdom Hearts 3. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Roxas from Kingdom Hearts 2. I think they're both really cool because you fight um, you fight another Keyblade wielder. And I think I just think that whole concept is really cool. And uh, the fights themselves look really cool when you fight them. Is the the Roxas one and two? That's the that's when you that's when you is that when you first show up to the world that never was? Am I thinking of the right thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got I got a little tilted at that one, but I got through it. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, that was that was certainly visually, aesthetically, uh, very, very cool. All right, I'm glad I got those those fun ones in here. Of course, if you have any more fun questions, so right now we're gonna we're gonna wind things down a little bit. I have some sort of questions to end the formal script. Once we get through that, I will be happy to take questions from chat. Uh, you know, speedrunning questions, gaming questions. Uh, if you're if you're sitting there, think of think about them. Uh, put them in the chat, you know, in a little bit. One of the things that I like to do for this interview series is get a question from my previous guest and hand it off to my next guest and so forth mm-hmm. and so on. Uh, I think I'd already mentioned that last week's guest was uh, was Gallus Rennie, uh, and she had this question uh, for my next guest, which is, how do you manage anger and frustration when speedrunning? Do you think there is a best mentality to have for dealing with those feelings? Yeah, um, this one kind of applies to me recently because uh, the past couple of weeks I had been getting kind of tilted at the game because um, I think because I was like derusting, I kind of had an expectation of like, oh, I should be doing a lot better than I am because I haven't done the category in a while. Um, so I would get a little, and also just dying and using like four minutes is really tilting. Um, but I think the best way that I've been handling it is just doing no reset runs even after dying, because um, it's really hard to push through like the next couple minutes when you're just thinking about how the run's dead. But after that, you just get to chill and finish off the run. And um, I think resetting kind of hurts because if you are really tilted and then you reset, 
I feel like it's hard for me to go into the next run like with the clear minds. Um, usually I'll go into the next run and still be tilted and then I'll mess up the beginning and then I'll keep resetting and it's just like an endless cycle. So I think just doing a no reset run sometimes can help with that a lot. Yeah, no, I, I definitely would have to agree with that because I, I think what you said was right in that once you get over that feeling, you're still playing the game and like you still have you know the opportunity to... I mean, you're effectively you're practicing, but you're also you know just getting the game under your fingers, uh, you know, and hopefully and you're improving at splits, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so no, I, I definitely I think that's a, a a great way to deal with it. Now that does mean that I do need from you a question for my next guest. Uh, next guest is a speeder. I'm not going to tell you who it is. Question doesn't have to be about speed running. I've had music questions, food questions. Uh, what you know, various things. Do you have a question that you would want to hand off uh, to my next guest? All right, let me. Let yeah, me go think. Ahead, take a minute. Um, take a minute. Um, is there? Okay, here's a question. Is there an? Um, is there a particular? year or like era of speedrunning that you wish you were a part of um in the past that's a good I think one. That's that's, my question. i'm gonna be very curious about that so the thing i always do here is i always i always spoil who my my next guest is and you might i don't know i don't know how much crossover there is between <laughs> kingdom hearts and resident evil my next runner my next guest uh, is a resident evil runner um and so I'm curious to see what she'll have to say because I think that will be interesting. Because I, I, I don't have a. I feel like I, I recognize a lot of the names that you mentioned uh, in terms mm-hmm. of you know other Kingdom Hearts runners. You know, Miss Master. I've certainly seen around, etc. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I have no grasp of Resident Evil <laughs> speedrun history, <laughs> so I'm definitely curious yeah. to see uh, if she'll have an answer for that. That'll be exciting. That'll be good stuff. Um, Turning back to the future, though, uh, are there upcoming future games that you're keeping an eye on that you're excited to play? What's what are upcoming releases that you're you're interested in? Um, I would say, oh, Final Fantasy 16. Actually, yeah, that one is a game that I'm excited for. Um, better than that, uh, Breath of the Wild 2. Mm-hmm. I'm Really excited for. It. I actually haven't played the original yet. Oh, you're not okay. But, so you haven't played uh, Breath of the Wild. I mean, that's a high no, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go over it eventually. And mm-hmm. uh, just from the trailers of Breath of the Wild too, it seems more like dark. Mm-hmm. And I always enjoyed um, like Majora's Mask and Twilight Princess, which are sure. like darker Zelda games. So yeah, I'm excited for uh, that game. No, that's that's. Wait a second. I I had a follow up question on the first game you mentioned, and I've completely blanked on the first game. What was the first game you mentioned? Oh, Final Fantasy sixteen. Yes. Do you feel like sixteen is the game to make you get a PS five, or or are you? Would you see yourself getting a PS five beforehand? No, I think that will be that be it. Um, yeah. Like uh, the only other thing is the Ufi DLC for Final Fantasy seven. Mm-hmm. Like that almost makes me want to get a PS5, but it's just not worth it to me right now just because of how expensive and hard sure. it is to get. Oh yeah, hard it is to get. Yeah. Have, have you played remake? Yeah, okay. yeah, I really like that game. 
yeah no that's that's uh i i'm not quite a, like a action rpg uh uh like uh aficionado but i love final fantasy 7 and i love the way that they handled all of the art characters mm-hmm. everything about that game so i'm i am excited excited for the future of that uh so no i'll definitely be I'm curious. We're going to get an announcement of another full, full a chunk of that game. That that maybe that's post sixteen, but I yeah yeah who knows. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that they I hope they release uh, part two like relatively soon. Yeah, I, I, I would just love hour. information about it. You know, like just just give me yeah. give me some especially just a sense of the scope because I think the you know Midgar we could all kind of like imagine that like, it's a reasonably self contained space, and I, I I was happy to just tromp around Midgar for you know. 20 mm-hmm. plus hours that was fine by me uh but definitely to see how they handle you know is there going to be a world map is it going to be more linear or what you know, whatever the case might be i'm definitely definitely curious about next up i want to ask who are people in the uh the in the speedrunning community in kingdom hearts maybe that you'd want to shout out that you feel like because i mean you certainly have mentioned some people who i think are, uh, folks are already aware of but uh and you mm-hmm. can certainly shout them out but are there other runners too that you'd want to highlight saying, "Hey, more people should be watching these these folks." Yeah, I can think of um Ace Lord. Uh he does a lot of he does a lot of randomizer, but he also has been running um I think KH2 and KH1. Uh he's a really cool guy. Uh I think it might be Ace Lord with an underscore at the end, I'm not quite sure. Um and then there's uh Thar underscore C1. Um He's a really cool guy. Uh, he runs Cage Shoe, um, and uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of like people who more do speedruns mm-hmm. other than randomizer. Because there's a lot of randomizer um, players out there. Um, but uh, I mean, that's all, that's there's... almost a meme unto itself. Is the the speedrunner who becomes <laughs> a randomizer player? I feel like when yes. when Link to the Past really took the world by storm as a randomizer, there was a lot of <laughs> retired speedrunners <laughs> randomizing. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, let me think. So there's Violin Asar, which you mentioned, mm. um, and then there's uh, I I Sadden. Uh, he does randomizer mostly, uh, but he's still just a really cool dude. Um, yeah, and then uh, Crystal Crown is a really really good runner um, for Cage Two. Uh, it's about all I can think of right now. A lot of a lot of um, the newer runners went to randomizer, mm-hmm. so it's hard to think of many people doing it right now i mean that's fair that's a, that's a, extremely fair i mean if that's where the i mean if that's where the community is too like that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah I, I it's i think it's interesting always to see the extent to which um i know some people very explicitly value being able to be part of a large community you know when they're doing whatever you know what it is they're doing and and so you know if that's where the activity is that's you know that's where, where folks might end up and you know it's that seems pretty pretty normal now if folks are looking for your stuff, uh, where should they be looking? Uh, Twitch and YouTube, mainly. Uh, I have a Twitter too, but um, upload a lot of uh, upload two videos a week on YouTube, and then I try to stream uh, every day on Twitch. It's mostly every day, mm-hmm. um, and then Twitter. <laughs> I don't really, I don't tweet a whole lot. Sometimes I do, but it's whatever. If you want to follow me there. Cool. Now, if you're here with us live, uh, I've just... Oh, did I... <laughs> damn it. Uh, I forgot to edit part of that. Why does that still say... That's weird. All right. Well, that's my fault. The bot... The bot... 
uh, <laughs> coughed up the wrong name. The links are right, oh. but uh, the name is wrong. Ah, <laughs> uh, good job, me. This is I. This is what I get for programming my own bot. Is that I always forget about uh, some things. All right, I'm gonna fix this right now, live, live coding. There you go. And so now. There you go. There you go. I mean, the links, again, (laughs) I did get the links right. I just (laughs) forgot to edit the other part, of course. Uh, If you're listening to this after the fact on on your preferred podcasting platform or YouTube, uh, the links will be available in the show notes. So here with us live or after the fact, you can click on those links, do all the following and subscribing as necessary. Uh, and this about wraps up the formal part of the script before we get to the Q&A. Uh, before we go to the Q&A, I do need one more thing from you, which is that I'm going to use a cheesy catchphrase like, let's boost on out of here. And when I say <laughs> that, I need you to give me your best rocket engine noise. Okay. Excellent. All right. Folks, thank you so much for listening. Let's boost on out of here. All right. Excellent. Thank you. That is, I I love, that is, speaking of editing, my favorite thing to do is take advantage of that particular clip when I'm putting together the uploads. Uh, Folks, if you got questions for uh, Nintendo, now is, now is the time uh, for the questions. Uh, You know, yeah, I mean, (laughs) Albert, my, my uh, Albert here is uh, uh, frequently stops by as a habit of uh, talking about audiovisual problems, he once got timed out during a marathon run of mine in a channel for talking about the contrast of the video. Um, and so <laughs> I purged a comment of his early in the podcast because like I, I, I think he, the, there might be like a slight bit of delay on the on the video audio on your end, but it wasn't very much at all. So I was like, whatever, I'm not gonna not gonna f- fuss about it. Um. But uh, you know, I was curious. Do you think there are other Kingdom Hearts runners that would be uh, very good podcast guests? Just uh, you know, doing doing oh, my yeah. work for me. Who who would you recommend as a podcast guest? Yeah, I would say uh, a violin uh, mm. for sure. He would be a great guest. Um, him, and then I would say um, I, I sadded um, Ace Lord. Uh, pretty much the people I shouted out. Yeah, okay, cool. It would no, be really I, good. Yeah, yeah. I, I I hate to phrase it that way, like during the the proper script, because obviously I want to bring attention to people regardless of whether they are you know super into uh into presenting themselves streaming. You know, that's as I mentioned before, speedrunning doesn't necessarily require being an entertainment personality. I mean, uh, speedrunning doesn't require it, and so I I want to be respected irrespective of the full uh spectrum of uh speedrun stuff oh here we go uh do you have a um a favorite in-person speedrunning marathon of a, of a smaller size this is a great question because I, I 
I find more of these events are happening, you know, the events that are smaller than your GDQ or your, or your ESA. Um, mm-hmm. Have you gone to any? Do you have a favorite one? <laughs> um, the only one I've really been to, and it feels like kind of self-centered to answer it this way, but it's one that I, me, Wingo, and uh, Saboom had put together oh, okay. um, in Arizona, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was called Smaz. Um, and that was a really fun time. We we got uh, like a small venue um, with uh, a connection that uh, Saboom had. And we had like 20 people over. We streamed it for two days. It was a really fun time. Now, that sounds really... And, and yeah, that's a, that's a neat one, too, because I feel like you see... That kind of format, I, I before I got into watching speedrunning, I used to watch a lot of fighting game stuff, um, like in the early, like, you know, like Marvel 3 and Street Fighter and that kind of thing. Uh, and there's definitely a mm-hmm. lot of, like, fighting game houses <laughs> that you would get streams from <laughs> where everyone's just stepping over everyone else. Uh, not yeah, to say that yeah. that's what conditions are like for, for Smaz, but, um, you know, taking mm-hmm. advantage of that regional connection is very cool. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Speaking of uh now also <laughs> I how is it I I've been reading a lot of national news that's very concerning about heat on the west coast. Hopefully everything's okay mm-hmm. out where out where you are in the western area of the country. No, yeah, um uh, it's just well there's been fires here I know. Mm-hmm. Um I haven't uh been reading the news that much but I okay. think um, there's always around like fires around uh, sure. a certain part of the year in Arizona, and then um, the heat is just something I'm used to. Over mm-hmm. here, it gets to like over one tens easily every day in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it's just really hot over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, certainly that is uh, that is a a thing a thing to be to be concerned about. Albert is reading the mm-hmm. same headlines uh, that I have. Um, and I, I don't know, we, we could fall down a real pit of climate doomerism, uh, but that is probably beyond the scope of, uh, of a speed run interview podcast. Uh, I'm just looking back right now through the script to see if there's anything that I miss. Certainly folks, if you have any, uh, questions that you want to poke, uh, Ninten about, uh, happy to, to take those. Uh, let me just see if I missed anything. Pineapple, no, on, pineapple pizza. on pizza. I mean, do you, I, do you have pizza hot takes? No, I, I like pineapple on pizza. I do. I um, I actually, I've liked it ever since I was a kid. Like, I remember even before, like, I was on the internet, I would mm-hmm. always want pineapple on pizza. That's the thing I always like. I, I think it makes sense. I've never really, you know, there's been a lot of food trends where I really don't understand how they became a meme that people dislike them so much. Uh, like I, to me, having a, a you know kind of a, a a fruit like that on like sweet and salty, that's normal. Like I don't <laughs> I don't understand the yeah. controversy. Uh, how about how about a favorite baked good? Uh, favorite baked good, probably. Uh, I'd say brownies. I think. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, here we go. This is a this is always a good Q and A. Style question. I like to do this too when I know people have pets. Is there, does, I mean, A, are you able to share the cat's name and is there any sort of origin story for the cat? Uh, the origin story, I've had her um, for a long time for like uh, 
14 years mm-hmm. around there ever since i was a kid her name is pumpkin uh because of her color i think but we didn't name her she was already named that when we got her but she's quite old now mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i feel like the you know with, with pets it's always just sort of the the satisfaction of you know giving giving the pet that good that good pet life living the helping them live to their best uh their best destiny as uh you know mm-hmm. as a cat or or whatever other sort of pet you might be might be dealing with have you always have you always been a, a cat person is that something you've grown up with or is that a, a more recent addition no i've always i've always been a cat person um i started like dogs more as of late though do you um, have a dog or no no okay. my my girlfriend has a dog okay. uh and her pugs are pretty nice <laughs> and uh yeah i don't know I I never I say I never had pets growing up, and so I've I've now for uh, over a year now been been living with with a dog, and it's been it's been a good thing. I've actually uh, had a lot of joy out of uh, you know sharing sharing the household with the dog. So I'm glad to hear that. You know, we are on on Kingdom Hearts, so I I, I should have asked this earlier. Were, were you a big Disney kid? Are you into Disney generally still? Uh, I like a lot of Disney stuff. Like I watch, um, I watch a new Disney movie whenever it comes out, or like a new mm. Pixar movie. Um, and I used to go to Disneyland a lot when I was a kid. Like every year, it was like a family vacation type of thing. Um, so yeah, I really like Disney. I'm not like, I wasn't like a huge fan. Like I don't have a lot of merch or anything, but I do like Disney. Do you have a favorite Disney movie? Um, probably. It's a hard one. Um, I really liked Moana when it came out. Um, I like uh the Pixar is Pixar Pixar is Disney right? Or I think so. it's I it's, it's it's DreamWorks that isn't. Uh, that's I think you're right though. I think yeah, it's a subsidiary of Disney. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I I like Soul from Pixar, and that's the recent movie. That one's really good. Um, yeah, and uh, I like Ratatouille. Just I'm not sure if I can pick a favorite. <laughs> Have you ever played the Ratatouille video game? I oh I did actually did? yeah okay. when I was when I was really young. <laughs> yeah I remember I I have a weird story about that. I remember when I was really young I played it and there was like a weird collectible that you get in every level I think mm-hmm. and there was like one collectible that I was missing and like we looked it up online and we just there was no like all the guides said where it was and when I went there it wasn't there so we, I just forget the game had like glitched somehow and. <laughs> And just gave up on it. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. I, I I hear about that every once in a while, just because that game has has grappling hooks, and you know I'm very much into the Just Cause series, which is like grappling hook the video games. Um, so it's 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 always funny to hear that one come up. My, you know, my part of my experience playing Kingdom Hearts is that I've I've relatively seen so few Disney movies that I get to some world, and I'm like, who are all these characters? <laughs> And so, and everyone's like, "What do you mean you haven't seen Disney's Hercules?" Like, what? You know, everyone's really mad at me uh, for for. Have, is it has it been the case for you that you've generally seen the film like when you had played the the game? No, there were a couple I hadn't. Okay. Um, like a lot of the older, the classic films from Disney, I hadn't seen mm-hmm. until maybe last year. Like, um, like uh, Mulan, I hadn't seen for a while. 
and also Beauty and the Beast. Uh, and I think Hercules, who I hadn't seen until. And, oh, and um, and actually, uh, I watched Lion King when I was like really young, but I forgot most of it, and I hadn't seen it again until like last year. I wonder, you know, I wonder how accurately I remember Lion King because I definitely have not seen it since I was a kid. Like Aladdin and Lion King were probably the big two for me as a child, like the ones I did actually see where I didn't see a lot of others. Uh, I'd be curious how much of that film I actually remember. Uh, you know, if it comes to it now. Okay. So I see here in chat, this, this is my spouse that I've been mentioning and, um, mm-hmm. and have you seen frozen? Cause I understand frozen is a world in three, right? Is that correct? Is that? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen frozen? Yes. Okay. Right. <laughs> I, I apparently I yep. have to see Frozen before I I play three, so I was <laughs> checking yeah, in on I mean, that. Probably should, yeah. Mm, okay, that's that's very fair. It's uh, I think the game actually kind of spoils the movies, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah. Like, if you play K three without watching Tango to Frozen, you probably get somewhat spoiled on. The movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a funny question. Um, well, a related so. Do you have any hot takes about that live action Disney trend that they were doing? Is that was that a good oh. thing or a bad thing or I mean they're still doing it, right? Are they still I doing it? I wasn't sure yeah, if the pandemic gonna... had put a stop to it. <laughs> no, they're they're making a um like a live action Snow White, I think. Yeah. Oh, and okay. uh Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that's right, but... isn't it? Yeah, okay. Um I think that it's silly that they like it seems that they're saying that like live action is inherently a good thing for like translating the movies, but I feel like they could have just made it um, like CGI mm-hmm. and not went for a realistic look and just kind of made it like how Tango and Frozen are, sure. where it's like like it's just like an animated CGI movie. And I feel like they could have just done it that way, and it would be a lot better. Oh man, uh, Kimochi just reminded me of that like that we live in this world where we're constantly getting like villain prequel movies which is just strange (laughs) like i can't believe there's a a gaston movie coming which is just seems bizarre to me i will say Um, though um the new uh the the corolla film yeah that is a good movie i recommend that's good okay i mean there's a lot of people making fun of that corolla's mother's death scene but i had heard (laughs) that the movie was actually okay outside of that yeah, I think it's a good okay. movie. I thought it was fun. Yeah, and, and uh, people have said Maleficent is is good. So I mean, that's I don't know. I, you could probably convince me that Angelina Jolie does a good job. I'm not going to be too surprised by that. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, everything I've seen with her has always been like just good enough. <laughs> so I, 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 I believe that for sure. How about a favorite uh, animated TV show? Do you have any any favorite? I don't, I mean, do you get in? I mean, you can broaden that to anime at your own peril. I don't know if you're you watch any anime, but yeah, I watch anime. Okay. Um, one of my favorite anime is Gurren Lagann. Good answer. Uh, That's a good answer. Yeah. I like that one. That is all right. Well, uh, I mean, it's we're in the Q and A, so I'll I'll inject myself into the 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 program. One the other podcast that I do is a mecha anime podcast, and we did cover Gurren Lagann on that. Oh, so. Um, we yeah I, I mean I like I like that show one of my buddies uh like that sh- likes that show even more than I do um <laughs> so we really really love Gurren Lagann we actually just ratched, wrapped up watching the uh the 90s giant robo OVA 
I mean, I don't know. That's probably something you have to be really into into like the thick of things to go back and find. But um, that was a spectacle. I don't, you know, if 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 you feel like I want to go and watch the hugest budget production of the '90s, that might be the one to go watch. Um, so that's definitely a, a hearty recommendation. Wait, Giant Robo? Giant Robo. Yeah, let me. I, I can go grab the. Uh, just uh, So, Giant Robo refers to a few things. The thing that I'm talking about was a series of seven OVA episodes uh, published in the 90s. It's also known as Giant Robo The Day the Earth Stood Still. Oh, okay. Because it's, it's huh. like. It's the. Giant Robo is originally a thing from this. Um, it's, it's based on an older manga. And, uh, and like, and there was, there was like a, a series based on that. Um, but then this is Imagawa, who's the guy who did like G Gundam and other stuff. He put together basically a sort of like, he, he took all of this guy's work, like, and just took a bunch of different pieces of it and put it into this one OVA. So you get like, you get like Romance of the Three Kingdoms characters showing up, you get characters from Tetsujin 28 showing up, like all sorts of. Uh, of interesting, yeah, Yokoyama is the name of the the manga artist. Like it was again, it was a very influential like mid twentieth century. Um, but mm. anyway, I'm just, we, we just wrapped up. Like we literally just like this past Wednesday published our our final episode, um, covering episode seven of that. And I'm still kind. Of, we're all still like on a high. We're, like we've just discovered something <laughs> yeah. that we didn't know about and was awesome. And like we're still just kind of rocking back and forth about it. Um, so that's, that's definitely. Cool. Uh, a good one. I, I would I would recommend that. I mean, we're we're also a bunch of nerds who love themes and stuff like that. So, um, of course, Gurren Lagann, which is all about collective action and other things, you know, very much, very much plays into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So we're still on the um, you know, again, we're still on the the front page uh, for another few minutes. So, folks, if you if you have been any anything else, otherwise, I'm probably just gonna uh, pick your brain. Do you have any other favorite? Mecha anime? I'm just very curious okay. now that you brought up uh, Gurren Lagann now you've piqued my interest <laughs> I feel like I watched another one. Oh, Evangelion of course oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like yeah. classic um, yeah actually I really like that show because I think um, a lot of my friends just don't like that <laughs> anime <laughs> it's but the best I really, it can be it, yeah. yeah I like it um, I don't watch other Mecha anime really mm-hmm. but um uh, I've other anime movies that I've seen that I really like are um, um, oh, no. Koen no Katachi. What, what was the show again? <laughs> Koen no Katachi. Okay. It's a movie. It's a really good okay. anime movie. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And then um, uh, uh, Kimi no Nawa is good, of course, but mm-hmm. everyone knows about that one. Cool. No, that's, that's exciting. It's, you know, as I, I mentioned, I, I got in the start doing the, um, the, the anime podcasting before uh, you know, doing doing this, and actually, kind of grew out of it. The very first episodes of, of Overboost uh, was sort of a, a side thing of the the mecha po- uh, the anime pod, where I would talk to people who were speedrunning mecha games. Like the mm-hmm. very first few guests oh, are like I people speedrunning okay. Zone of the Enders or speedrunning Gundam games, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, and then I kind of uh, at, 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 after a few episodes, I was like, no, actually, I can broaden this. I can just do. Yeah, you know, because part of the thing for me is that there are a lot of speedrun interview podcasts out there, and or a lot that start and end after a few episodes, which is fine. It's, I'm not calling those people like weak or something. Like if you decide something not is not for you, that's okay. 
Um, but mm-hmm. you know, a lot of them interview the same few people, and um, and I'm definitely uh, happy to highlight a more diverse set, especially things like horror or RPGs or things like that. Um, I mean, not that Mario and Zelda runs aren't good; they are good. They're great. People love them. But mm-hmm. I also, you know, like to I like to watch a variety of runs, which is why it's you know fun for me to talk to uh, a variety of people because I get to then you know as as research <laughs> as note taking <laughs> i get to watch those runs um oh here albert has a good one what's the longest run you've ever done you mentioned some pretty long runs i think you mentioned like a 10 hour one didn't you yeah um okay so longest i just want to give a disclaimer that i don't i don't recommend anyone does like a okay. 24 hour stream okay because i think they're just really unhealthy but mm. um i did a 34 hour run which was uh getting i got plat in cage one, two, and three, back to back to back, in one run, and that was. <laughs> after that, I was like, okay, I'm never never like, doing I've that again. Stop doing, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't want to do anything that long again. Damn, what? Now, was there a particular what like what put you to that? Because I'm gonna be honest, if I <laughs> if I thought about doing something half that long, I would probably get like six, seven hours in and just just shut everything <laughs> off and walk away. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was a, uh, it was like a, um, it was a fundraising stream, but okay. uh, also my 10k followers special. Mm-hmm. It was like around when I was going to hit 10k followers, and it was a thing that I had promised. I think I had promised it like, um, like when I was at like four or five k, and it was a thing that like was always there until I would eventually hit 10k, and then it, it happened. And. Were you glad you did it once? Like, obviously, you're you're telling other people mm-hmm. not to do it. You're not going to do it yourself again. Was it worth it? Yeah, yeah, I think it was worth okay. it. It was, it was. I mean, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was okay. <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> that's yeah. That's one of those things. Right? I feel like that's like a, a thing, especially with like speedrunning and streaming. The idea of the twenty four hour stream. Um, Mm -hmm. if I had gone into, if streaming had been a thing when I was younger, maybe I would have thought about it. I I'm, it's never going to happen now. I can't do it. (laughs) You know, past, past 30. I don't think, I don't think it's probably a good idea to do. Um, but it's no, it's certainly out there. It's, it's something that seems to come up a, a lot, uh, you know, streaming for that long thing. Are there any other, have you, have you done multi, you brought up the, um, you know, the idea of multi game, runs have you thought about doing other i mean i presumably you know like a beginner any percent multi-game run for kingdom hearts would not be 34 hours have you thought about do people do stuff like that yeah people do Mm. um so i actually did do a beat the series run oh which is every game in the whole series and that was uh about 30 hours i think like 32 (sighs) hours all right yeah so i did that and that was uh i mean that was more fun for me because mm-hmm. it wasn't just like grinding for a lot of it it was like every few hours i would go to a different run so it was easier to like be engaged in that um and that was really cool like i really enjoyed doing that but again i don't recommend people who stay awake that long for for something like that you know like because you know this can happen where Let's say you learn two or three games in a series, and then suddenly you're thinking about, oh, well, maybe I can do the whole series, right? Like maybe that would be, especially if it's you know maybe something that's no one's done before or something like that. 
were there any pain points in that process? You know, because I, I could imagine, uh, I mean, Kingdom Hearts is popular enough that I imagine there were roots for everything, but that doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean that it was pleasant. <laughs> so you mean like in terms of learning every run? Yeah, learning every run. Like, because you mentioned doing every every game. So I'm assuming that includes things like days, things, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the DS stuff. or uh, And I assume it would include like, all three characters and birth by sleep stuff like that yeah yeah so um i actually kind of I, I cheated when it came to days and recoded because i just watched a movie instead oh you just did um, the, the the yeah the ps4 yeah. collection movie or whatever yeah okay. so that was uh but uh, when it comes to learning uh the hardest ones were probably um recom and uh for ddd um the games that aren't run as much, they don't have as many like uh, beginner-friendly guides. Mm-hmm. So um, they were harder to learn because I had to do a lot more like asking around or just like watching record and trying to um, do that. So yeah, but for KH one, two, and three, if you want to get into Kingdom Hearts running, I would say KH one is a really good one because there's like a lot of guides everywhere and there's a lot of new runners all the time that uh, are learning the game, and a lot of of the more experienced runners are happy to help out. Yeah, I mean, it's always such a blessing when it comes to, uh, you know, to speedrunning a, a popular game with an established speedrunning community is that you have those dedicated resources to, to help you learning the game. I, you know, like, I'm the sort of person mm-hmm. who usually is, is a hermit that just sort of, like, happens upon abandoned runs or games that have never been run. <laughs> um, but, like, I once learned Vice City, which was just like a wildly different experience because uh, a runner named English Ben had a fantastic set of video tutorials and I could just, you know, work through those. And, and uh, it wasn't just like someone made a run five years ago of no commentary. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. So have you ever done anything? Have you done any? And you, I know you mentioned making doing challenge runs. Are you, have you d- done any tutorial stuff yourself? Yeah, I made um, some old tutorials back in like 2018 for Cage 2 mm-hmm. um, for beginner any percent and crit any percent. And they're pretty outdated now. But what I did when I made them was I included a lot of strats that were slower but good for the beginner to learn. Um, so like beginner friendly strats. And mm-hmm. so I, I still point people to those videos because I think they are still useful um, if you're trying to get into the game at least. That's a great point too, especially for anyone who's listening and is thinking about doing tutorial videos. Uh, it, it can often be the case where the, the strats at the top level aren't the best idea to pick up right away. Uh, the most yeah. impressive, one of the most impressive speedrun tutorials I've ever seen was uh, Brian Otto's Titanfall Two, like the first level tutorial, where he would actually go through each segment three times with a beginner strat and an intermediate strat and the top level strat. Um, and it was just, it was really crazy because you got, you got all this information. You could just, you could do the beginner strats and, and see what the later strats were. Try them if you wanted. Uh, obviously that's a lot mm-hmm. of work. It's a lot of editing work and recording work, but uh, it was super cool. Um, my final question for you is who should I raid when we finish this <laughs> in a minute? I need to go to my following here. Of course, we're we, a lot of our our viewers, our embed viewers. If you're an embed viewer, come in, come in and say hi. Come into the stream, the 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 speedrun podcast stream, uh, and join us for uh, the raid. Uh, 
I never know how many people are actually going to end up in the rate, but I do it every time because I love gambling. And that's not true. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Glitch is a cool runner. I think we should rate him. All right, you want give me? The, you can do it in the chat or DM or wherever. There you go. Oh, excellent! All right, cool. Oh, all right. Well, we'll have to give him give him give him the treatment. So, uh, all right, yeah. Hopefully, they're glitches. Anyway, let me cue this up. And uh, get that going. Uh, Nintendo, thank you so much for giving me all this time. I really, really appreciate you taking the time uh, to just, you know, answer my questions and, and hang out. Yeah, no, I appreciate the invite. Um, I think you do a really cool podcast here. Thank you. Uh, it's really cool that there's, uh, like, the fact that your podcast has been going for so long, too, and you keep having new guests every time. That's that's really uh, they're keeping more. You see it. They're keeping more cool stories. Like, there's just so many people out there in speedrunning doing things on so many levels uh and i'm just always always happy to find more uh you know however i can so uh mm-hmm. but again you know thank you best of luck i'll certainly be rooting and watching uh during sgdq uh but i think i got the the thing the raid queued up so i better go ahead and do that and uh and i will let you out of the call thank you again have a good night yeah you too take care